Hey guys, and welcome to a special edition of the Money Podcast called Money News You'll Really Use. The concept is simple. I subscribe to tons of financial publications and every month I read hundreds of articles. Then every couple of weeks, I give you the highlights to bring you up to speed on the important news that affects your money. Think of it as an investor's almanac. So in part one of today's show, we're going to discuss where we are now and what's happened in the markets this month. In part two, we'll go over important news stories. In part three, we'll go over recent investments the three of us have made. Then time allowing, we'll go over some listener questions. I'm your host, Stacey Johnson. My co-host, as usual, is Miranda Marquette. Hi, Miranda. hey 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 And listening in and sometimes contributing is producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. I'm freaking out over the stocks. Freaking out! Let's right. get the ball rolling, guys. Oh, no, I haven't even looked at them yet today. <laughs> I, I, just, I actually just looked at it a little while ago. In fact, I've got numbers that I will reveal in just a second. But before we do, we have to do what we always do. That's a little disclaimer. We're going to discuss specific investments in this show, including things we've personally invested in. But these aren't recommendations, guys. Why aren't they recommendations? Because what's right for us may not be right for you. So before you invest in anything, do your own research. Make your own informed decisions. Okay, let's get back to the news. Let's start with where we are now and where we've been this month. Uh, for those of you listening, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it is July 29th, 2021. We're halfway through the trading day. So it's not the very end of July, it's the 29th. And we're not at the end of today. We're about in the middle of the market today. But we'll consider this to be the end of July. So let me ask you guys a question. Do you think the market is up, down, or sideways? The Dow, the Dow, up, down, or, up, down, or sideways for the month of July? What do you think? Isn't it up like 200 points? What do you I think, mean, today Miranda? it is. Uh, it's up on the day today. Oh, yeah. I think, That's what I read. I think we're pretty, because I just looked, right? I just yeah, looked, yeah I we're like, up 200 oh, points as we speak, which is 1 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's probably about, I think about mid-month we determined it was pretty close to the same. I think it's probably about that as well. I think it's pretty close to the same. We're actually up 800 points, about 2% oh, wow. for the month so far. Well, uh, well done, NAS everybody. Yeah, well, it's well, it's hard to know. I mean, we're not, we're not really paying attention, you know, what's going on. And I, I actually thought it was going to be about the same, too. But so, 2% isn't bad. You know, I mean, if you annualize that, it's 24%. So anyway, not a bad month. NASDAQ up about the same. So about 300 points, which for NASDAQ is also about 2%. Now, the Russell 2000, this is the little stocks. And I have, I have some money invested in the little stock ETF. Um, it was down 57 points on the month, which is also 2%. So Dow, NASDAQ, both up 2%. Russell, little stocks, down 2%. Oil, about the same. As a matter of fact, it is five cents different when last I checked than it was at the beginning of the month. So it's literally unchanged. Well, five cents isn't unchanged, but you know what I'm saying. It's $73 a barrel. Now, the 10-year yield, the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond was 1.44% at the beginning of the month. It is now about 1.27%. So it's down about 14 basis points, or tenths of a, of a uh, percent, and that, which, which means it's really down about 10%. Interest rates are down about 10% from the beginning of the month. So, so that inflation doesn't seem to be affecting the 10-year. If people are afraid of inflation, you would expect the 10-year Treasury to be yielding more, not less than it was at the end of the month. But there's a lot of talk about inflation. So that, that kind of surprised me. I thought that the interest rates might be a little higher than that. So all in all, though, not a bad month. And I assume you you two have both been making a killing in the market. Yeah, I mean, not bad. Uh, been doing pretty well. Not not going to complain. Cool. Well, we're going to hear more about exactly what you, what you uh, have done well in or or not complaining about 
after we cover some news stories. So now, typically, when we've done these podcasts in the past, I've read all the news stories. You guys told me what you thought was interesting. This time, we're going to try a little different, uh, different tack, and we're going to have we're going to switch. We're going to talk about. You're going to read me a good news story or one you thought was interesting, Miranda. I'll do the same, and Aaron can chime in whenever he feels like it. So you start us off. What do you think? What interesting has happened in the last two weeks that affects the family finances? What do you think? Yeah, so the thing that actually uh, really I found quite interesting is the idea that the FICO scores hold on the credit market is starting to slip. Um, and so, um, so this was a, this was in the wall street journal and it's talking about how, you know, the FICO score fair, fair Isaac company, um, the main score that's used for determining, you know, whether you get that loan and what rate you end up with. Um, but it says that some big lenders are moving away from FICO, uh, capital one synchrony financial aren't using FICO scores anymore. Um, JP Morgan and bank of America, apparently, according to the wall street journal are using FICO scores as a smaller factor. Um, and even Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are considering allowing lenders to use other scores when evaluating mortgage applicants. I found and that part a very interesting is, story also. And yeah. I, it surprised me. I didn't, I hadn't read that anywhere else until I saw it in the wall street journal. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting. So one of the things they're looking at is like there's a wealth of data um, showing that like their own proprietary scores are better able to predict who will pay and who won't, um, mostly because like FICO leaves a lot of Americans behind. Right. If you are if you are making like if you if you are somebody without a credit card or a loan, uh, but a big bank account, your FICO score sucks. Right. Like you might be able to afford things, you know, you might have a good income and you might be responsible with your money. But if you aren't borrowing and using credit, your FICO score sucks. I mean, my my own son, who has an investment portfolio, like at 18, he's got an investment portfolio. Uh, he's just turned 18. So he doesn't have a credit history. Uh he was rejected for a credit card because he doesn't have a FICO score yet. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, interesting. That's yeah, true. I mean, I was, we were doing a story on this. And uh, so I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to check out annualcreditreport.com, see what's going on. And my FICO was 37 points below the Vantage score. Mm. I was like, well, FICO sucks. <laughs> yeah. And, and so and it doesn't like do things like, so, I mean, my son has like he it's it's weird right like so he has a regular income he has an investment portfolio uh he and and if you look at like some of his like monthly expenses like recurring expenses like paying for his discord server um, it's like he uh he pays that regularly right and you know uh if you are paying your rent on time that's and your utility bills on time that doesn't factor into your fico score and so you may be responsible with money and still have a crappy FICO score. And so that's that's a, that's an issue. Yeah, did you guys know that uh, Fair Isaac, the company that produces FICO scores, was a stock? It's publicly traded. I did not know that. Yeah, it I is, did know it, that. It, I'm looking at the, it right now. It's trading at $529 a share. It's up about 20% over the last year, almost 21%. So the news we're reading here apparently isn't uh, isn't very common knowledge because it seems like that would be a negative for the stock. But really is trading near its all-time high. Yeah, and I think too, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how how things evolve. I actually wrote on my own website a huge, a huge, massive 
almost 3000 word article about, you know, here's why you have different credit scores, because you do you even have different FICO scores. Uh, here's why you have different credit scores. Here's why they're not a good measure of your actual financial ability and capability. And, um, you know, here's, you know, so, so I did, I actually wrote a huge, uh, almost 3000 word article about that on, um, you on know, your Miranda website, you mean MirandaMarquit.com? Miranda, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com? That's right. <laughs> and I actually wrote a big old thing about it. So, um, so yeah, because, because that's the thing, right? For, so, so understanding how, you know, these companies are moving away from the FICO score is, is could potentially be good news. Yeah. Uh, especially if we go back to the idea of that community banking and being able to like, see somebody you know, like go in talk to somebody, show them your situation and do more than just like judging you immediately based on a three digit score that doesn't even take into account your entire financial picture. Cool. Let's move on. Here's a story that I thought was interesting in the last couple of weeks during the last couple of weeks, this is July 23rd, also from the Wall Street Journal. Um, the headline, how much more will your Oreos cost? Companies test price increases. Uh, so here, here's a quote from that article. Faced with rising costs for materials, transportation, and workers, companies are charging more for products from metal fasteners to Oreo cookies, helping fuel inflation like the U.S. hasn't seen in more than a decade. In a poll of 606 U.S. businesses across industries, 33% they are, said they are raising prices, while just 4% said they are cutting them. So what do you think about that? Well, not, I mean, nothing new. We've been talking about inflation for, gosh, this whole year. We all agreed at the beginning of the year that inflation was probably going to be transitory. This is what we were being told by the government, and I was willing to accept that. Are you? I still am willing to accept that. Are you guys, or, or do you think maybe this is something more insidious as a foot? <laughs> I mean, I think I think overall, like general inflation is probably going to even out to like historical levels, whatever. But I don't think that individual companies are going to be backtracking their prices anytime soon, right? Once you raise the price, um, you're not you're not backtracking on that price. Exactly. Right? I kind of feel you, that way those, too. Yeah, when you raise those prices and people are comfortable paying them, your your company's making profits. You're in happy town. Yeah. And yeah. also think about your employees because, you know, now that because employees are hard to come by, especially in the service industry, uh, people are getting raises. Right. right. We're well, not going right. to take those away. I mean, you know, you're, what are you going to say? Like, oh, inflation's down. I'm going to cut your pay now. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So Although, it, it, I mean, it does seem like we've got a little permanent inflation going on, but probably not radical inflation. But uh, I, like you said, like you guys are saying, I don't see these things going backwards. Yeah, I, I don't see it going backwards, but I do think that overall across all like costs and stuff, um, things are likely to kind of settle down, I think. I mean, I think across all things, this is probably transitory. But I mean, we have to remember that, you know, historically, inflation is a reality. It is what happens. And um, and honestly, the thing that's kind of frustrating right now is people are like, oh, well, worker costs. And it's like, well, we had inflation before you started paying your workers a living wage. And if if wages, if the minimum wage had kept up with inflation since the last time the minimum wage was raised, uh, you know, when it was at 725, it's been at 725 for decades. And if you actually, um, if inflation, if, if the minimum wage kept up with inflation, the minimum wage would be like right around 23, $24 an hour. So inflation happens regardless of how much you're paying your workers. Um, part of the issue we're running into is what happens when wages don't rise and 
and we can't right like we end up with inflation but no economic growth because workers can't afford the prices so well, so but so so far you're sanguine when it comes to inflation you you think that i mean obviously we're going to have some stickiness in price increases but but we're all we're all in agreement that it's not going to be something that derails the recovery to a to a big extent or causes interest rates to leap right we all agree on that yeah, probably. You know, I'd, I'd be more interested to see like where we're at with shrinkflation, right? Which is the idea yeah. that rather than raising prices, uh, they just uh, shrink <laughs> shrink the, Product, the size yeah. of the packaging. It's the size of what's in the box. Uh, NPR did a really great thing on shrink shrinkflation not too long ago. Yeah, we did a story on it too in Money Talks News. There's a, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the website, um, Consumer World. They they follow this stuff. You ever do you know Consumer World? Yeah, yeah, they're they're a good website. I know the guy that owns a super nice guy. Uh, anyway, uh, they they've been covering the shrinkflation thing for as long as I've been looking at that website. Okay, well here's something that affected me a lot. I don't know if it affected you guys a lot, but this is a huge thing that happened this month, just in the last week or so, really. Uh, here's here's a story from Bloomberg. Here's your headline: China stock route spreads amid fears of foreign investor exodus. Um, here's a quote, a deepening sell-off in Chinese stocks spread to the bond and currency markets on Tuesday. That would be two days ago. Uh, the Hang Seng Tech Index plunged as much as 10% in Hong Kong. The yuan slid to its weakest since April uh, against the dollar and Chinese bonds sank. The dramatic moves underscored how fragile investor confidence has become after a months-long regulatory onslaught by Beijing that only seems to be getting worse. There's huge route in Chinese stocks, including the ones that are listed in the on the New York Stock Exchange. Is this affecting you guys? Um, I mean, not affecting me much. Most of my, I mean, I do have some like international exposure and emerging market funds, um, but for the most part, it's like the the Chinese portion of it has been offset by everything else. So I haven't seen a huge uh, change there. Uh, so yeah. Well, I bought Baidu. Uh, that's one of the stocks that I, I bought that in on March 31st of this year. Uh, it dipped down to 200. I thought that was a screaming deal. Uh, I bought it at 250 cents. Uh, and then the next day, it went to 220. So I was right. You know where it is right now? 166. So I was up almost immediately after I bought it. And Baidu, for the, the, uh, the uninformed or the uninitiated, is uh, basically the Google of China. They're the biggest search engine. They're also doing autonomous vehicles, you know, the whole the whole schmear. Uh, they're a huge company. They're profitable. And they're trading at about eight times earnings now. Nice. So, yeah. So, I mean, I you have the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund uh, VT, and it's up. I mean, it's 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 just up. It's still up. It's Did, been it going up. It didn't go up. down at all for the, from this Chinese crisis? Uh, from what I can tell, no. <laughs> like we, it's, and, you know, I mean, there was a attention. bit of a dip in july on july and like on july 19th but like it's really not been an issue there was a little I, bit I of a dip on july 27th and, and it's dipped also uh, and i have not i've not bought it but like i said like i've started to say i've been listening to a bunch of uh, you know experts uh, air quotes there uh, talking about <laughs> china and and they've all agreed well they actually are experts you know people on cnbc or whatever but uh they all agree it's too soon they're, you know they're they're so freaked out that the that the chinese government is getting involved in this in the publicly traded stocks of some of their biggest companies that they're not touching it with a 10-foot pole they're not selling yeah. what they have 
They're not buying any more, even though the prices are lower, because they're just not sure what the Chinese government's going to do. They're, they're trying to decide whether they're going to be communist or capitalist. Uh, <laughs> or, well, they or both. Are, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, and so it's, it's freaking investors out. Yeah. Although, I mean, interestingly, I, you know, and the other the other thing I have that's that's uh, globally diversified, I do have an emerging markets ETF. So EEM, it's iShares, uh, emerging market ETF, uh, ticker EEM. And that also has not um, seen problem. Well, it's down on the month. So that that's probably the emerging market ETF is probably the one that's uh, been affected by Chinese markets, but it's only down three dollars. In the in in the last month, and well, uh, I don't have more Chinese stocks, but uh, well, but I'm, yeah. I'd like and to it's back of... up today. I mean, it's and it's higher today. So before, yeah, well, before it, we it, get it, into the, was... before we get into more stocks here, we're gonna have to take a break. Oh, thank you, thank you. And I knew we had to take a break. I just got lost. I was listening to Miranda. But okay, when let's we take come a really back, quick though, break. You know, uh, the big thing that came out was Robinhood. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's just today. But okay, I'll I'll tell you what I think is the biggest story of this month and i'm going to tell it to you right i'm going to see if you guys can guess what it is think about this while we go into the break tell me what you th what you think i'm going to say is the biggest story of the month <laughs> okay here, we'll be right back folks after this quick message okay we're back what what do you we'll, we'll cut you want to cover robin hood real quick first it just came out started trading today it's down about 10 percent. who cares i don't yeah yeah i'm i'm not invest i'm not planning on investing in it um at no, all i mean they valued I mean, we 32 all... billion dollars and i, I can't yeah. imagine it's worth that much well, the yeah, only... I saw that it opened at 38, and I got curious about it, so I opened up my my stock portal, and I was like, oh, it's down to 33 bucks. Well, are, you, are you tempted to buy it? I almost did, but then I was like, you know what? Screw that. It's probably going to drop even more, and now it's back up to 37. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you should have bought it. I, you know, to me, I don't know. I, I don't It'll really probably be down by the end that. of the day. And yeah. when the market goes down, watch what happens to that thing. Exactly. I mean, I'm not saying it's horrible, you know, but I just think they're, I, I think it's a little expensive, what it is. Okay, now, though. What do you guys think I'm going to say to me is the most important story of the last couple of weeks? You're going to say something about the COVID. You know me very well. <laughs> that was a good guess. Did you did you think that too, Aaron? It's hard to it's hard to judge what you're going to think, honestly. <laughs> Dude, you've known well, him longer than I have and you guys hang out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're friends. Okay, so here's here's this story the that will summarize New York Times. This is from yesterday as a matter of fact. Uh, it is The headline is, Will the Delta Variant Wreck the Recovery? Here's a quote. The good economic news when it comes to the ascendant Delta variant of the coronavirus is that it puts the economy in, at risk in only two ways. The bad news, those two ways are supply and demand. <laughs> as, as economists and policymakers game out the nature of the risk, what stands out is not the chance of a major shutdown. Instead, the concerns are the constraints on the availability of workers and on the supply and demand for many services. We've talked many times, now this is me, I'm stop quoting. We, we've talked many times about the, um, the semiconductor problem, the shortage. Well, and you know, we don't think about what's happening in China, but they, they shut down a port, things get worse for us. So it's not that, it's not that we're gonna have a big shutdown again, but because of, uh, let's call them morons who are not getting, uh, vaccines when, when they when they have them available as well as people who can't get vaccines and then you've got a, a rapidly spreading variant of the coronavirus this could really put a, you know negatively impact our economy and as a result the stock market so i think this is a huge story i, yeah, I think so too and we've, we've talked about this in past podcasts about uh you know we, we call it the winter is coming covid winter is coming yeah that's possible I, and I, I don't think we're going to see a, a, an overall shutdown in the economy but you know, there there are ripple effects of all this stuff. I definitely, know? I definitely think you're going to see uh, 
stores and, and companies bringing back mask wearing. Yeah, well, I think you are seeing it now. In fact, I just went to the hardware store on my bicycle just before this podcast, and I was the only one in there not wearing a mask. And, you know, isn't it funny? You go into a store not wearing a mask, and people, you, you feel guilty. And it's like, I've got antibodies. In fact, I literally just had a physical last week, and I still have antibodies from when I had COVID last year. And I've got double vaccination. But I still feel guilty walking into a store without a mask. Because I think people might look at you and go like, oh, it's one of those anti-vaxxers, you know, right. an anti-maskers, you know. And, and we just, we've come to such a weird place politically that, that we politicized a disease. And it's just horrible. It, it really makes me angry. But here we are. And, it, and now it could start affecting us all in the pocketbook, too. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a really good point because it's like, you know, what happens if we have to? I mean, and I, I don't know. I mean, I live in Idaho, so uh, we're once again rapidly um, making a bid for, um, you know, becoming a hotspot again. We were a hotspot in we were the number one hotspot for three weeks in January this year, earlier this year. And we're, you know, making a bid to do that again since we have a less than 50 percent vax rate. And nobody wears masks. Um, I still wear a mask indoors if I'm at the store or whatever. Um, it's also a pride mask. And so just people are, I just, people get angry at me for not only masking, but, <laughs> but wearing You're not a just pride liberal. mask on top You're of it. You're super liberal. <laughs> the sad thing is I'm not even, you know, whatever. I'm not even that liberal. I mean, it's just, it's just people here. Um, the, uh, uh, the apparently not snowflakes are being tri triggered by me all the time. Well, uh, yeah, it's too anyway. bad you don't, you don't live in a state that, that has, has, has its stuff together like we do here in Florida, <laughs> where, where our governor right. is selling products saying, don't Fauci my Florida to support that's, his campaign. That's, that's fun, right? Yeah. So, it, it's such yeah. a delight watching my fellow citizens fill up the ERs around here because, because our governor chooses to make mask a political item instead of a health item. Yeah. And, and like you said, uh, it comes back to, you know, it will impact the economy eventually. It will have some consequences on the economy if things get out of uh, get out of hand. And uh, as we know, if we don't get, you know, if we're not vaccinated, if we're not masking up and we're giving the virus more chances to um, mutate, I mean, we've got gamma and lambda already starting to make their own. <laughs> these variants already starting to make what do sororities little... have to do with anything? I know, right? <laughs> Already starting to make their own appearances. And so I'm looking into like, okay, do I need to start thinking about getting a booster, right? A vaccine booster. Um, now that I'm getting close to my six month mark, um, do I need to look at a booster? What do I need to do? And, but I will definitely be uh, masking for a while. Well, that's you know, good. Be being sick also impacts your personal bottom line, right? If you get sick with COVID, it's harder to work and earn true. money. So you know, are you wearing a mask right now? Because I think we should all be wearing masks even though we're in different locations. So we don't infect <laughs> each other over the air. <laughs> I mean, that 5G <laughs> transmission. <laughs> okay, we're going to run out of time with all these jokes. Okay, let's go on now to any personal moves we've made in our portfolios since last we spoke two weeks ago. We all spoke about this anyway. Um, have you guys, I bought, I did do one thing. I did do one thing. I bought, I own Las Vegas Sands, which I bought in the depths of the, the, uh, pandemic. I bought it at 37 bucks. It went back up to about 60. Now it's back down to 45. I bought more of that. So I only bought a hundred the first time and a hundred the second time. So I don't have a huge investment in it. Um, and why do you think it's down? It went up and why is it down? Well, it's because of this damn masking. That's why. It's because people don't get vaccinated. So anyway, 
Uh, I'm hoping, I, and, and, and what I believe too, I may be wrong, but I believe as people keep seeing news stories that the only people in the ICU are people that were unvaccinated, that 98% or whatever it is of people who are dying of COVID were, are doing so because they weren't vaccinated. I think the vaccination thing is going to turn around. Maybe it's just me being an optimist, but I think that's going to happen. That's why I went ahead and doubled down on Las Vegas Sands, nice. which, by the way, does not operate anything in Las Vegas anymore. They're all in Macau, I think. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so yes. that's, I think that's the only thing I've bought since when since last we spoke about this. Yeah, so um, I, uh, for funsies, did actually uh, buy some more charge point um on you know like so i bought charge point because Aaron because i thought I Aaron, say, do the the Aaron recommended <laughs> i let Aaron do the research and so i bought a little more charge point when it, it dipped uh it dipped a little bit ago and so i went ahead and added a little more charge point uh it's currently up right now but for the most part other than that fun little foray into individual equities uh, i have just been on automatic still dollar cost averaging every week into my various index fund goal and the various portfolios that fund my different goals. Oh, by so, the way, I had a horrible week this week too, because I own a bunch of Apple. I own Google. I own Microsoft. All of them posted awesome earnings, like historically high earnings and all of them went down. But anyway, horrible. Why, why do these stocks report awesome earnings and then roll over? Because everyone's thinking this is the best. I mean, the next time they report, they can't grow their earnings more than they already have. Therefore, their earnings may not, you know, the, their earnings beat may not be there. And people are afraid. So they're dumping the stocks, even though they're reporting awesome earnings. And this is why index. Hurrah! Well, these stocks are still in your index, too, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and I'm but... still up huge on them. I mean, but they oh, just didn't go up. Oh, you know what, guys? We also have to really hurry. We're almost done with our podcast if we're going to try to stick to our 30-minute schedule, which we are. So let's see if we can answer a quick question, unless anybody has anything else burning that they have to discuss. I don't have anything burning, but I will just say that uh, according to the National uh, Association of Realtors, uh, contracts fell by 1.9%. So uh, people aren't buying homes as much as fast as they were, and there's, there's a bit of a buyer fatigue out there quite a bit. People are putting a lot of money down, and they're not getting any, uh, any wins. Um, so basically the wealthy people that can pay cash for these homes and bid, outbid everybody are, are winning. Um, well, the, yeah, people are just getting priced out of the market, just getting priced out of the market and, and they're just, they're dropping out. They're not doing it anymore. And I think that a lot of people are thinking that it's going to, uh, squash the, the housing market for a little while and calm it down. Yeah. Well, you know that I'm looking for a house. I'm sure I've mentioned that on this podcast before. Uh, and just the other day, we're not, we're not looking hard. Because the market's really blown up here in, in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and I, I tend to like to buy things at the bottom and not the top. But anyway, we just the other day, this Sun Sentinel, the local paper, uh, they put out an article and the headline was, local experts say not to buy houses now, market too high. <laughs> and my wife's like, do you think it means anything? I said, I'm a local expert. <laughs> I'm one of these people, okay? <laughs> I don't want to buy. I don't want to buy at the top of a market. I like buying when markets suck, not when they're at the very top. And I think this market is topping out. So anyway, okay. Question. I'm going to read this question, and you're going to answer it, Miranda. Are you ready? Yes. This is from Yvette. Yvette says, "Will we have to pay for student loan forgiveness? I've been contacted, and they want to reduce my loan considerably, but I have to pay a fee for at least six months since I don't have the full amount they requested." So Yvette is being charged for student loan forgiveness, 
What what would you say to her? Uh, yikes. No, <laughs> run away. Um, so yeah. So if you are looking at student loan forgiveness, I mean, first of all, there are different types of programs out there. Um, and none of them involve private student loan forgiveness. So uh, first of all, if you have private student loans, uh, you're less likely to be in a forgiveness program. What you're likely going to be uh, doing is paying for a private debt settlement program, um, which could completely destroy your credit especially if you have private student loans. Um, but if you have federal student loans, there are many legitimate forgiveness programs out there, none of which require you to pay a fee. So we're so, nervous here. We got a red flashing light on this one. Be careful. You might be getting ripped off there a bit. Yeah. Forgiveness programs, if you are looking at things like public service loan forgiveness, um, you know, you have to make 120 on-time, uh, not on-time, um, qualifying payments uh, while working at a qualified employer, so like a nonprofit or a government entity or something like that. Um, and you get that forgiveness when you apply for it, um, if you qualify, and you don't have to pay a fee. Now, you said that they're talking about reducing. And this sounds to me like a debt settlement <laughs> situation where you will pay a fee to them uh, rather than pay your loans. You'll go into default. And then um, they'll negotiate. And this does not work, by the way, with the government, uh, with government student loans. Uh, it rarely works with private student loans, partially because um, the a law, a law passed uh, more than 20 years ago makes it so that student loans are exempt from bankruptcy filings. And so uh, and that includes private student loans. And so even if you file for bankruptcy, you maintain those student loans. Anybody who is asking for a fee for student loan forgiveness is scamming you. Um, you can you can look through various programs, uh, you know, uh, income driven repayment programs can help you. And those are federal programs. If you have federal student loans, they can help you reduce your monthly payment so that you have better cash flow. And then uh, it, at the end of 20 or 25 years, if you still have a balance, those will be forgiven. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no. Well, you know, by the way, though, Miranda, there, there is such a thing as legitimate companies that charge you for help with your student loans. Just because you're being charged money doesn't automatically make it a ripoff. It's just that you right. don't have to, you shouldn't have to pay just to get loan forgiveness you may have you may pay for advice but there's nothing that you could pay for that you can't get for free simply exactly. by going to sites like studentaid.gov uh, and if you go to studentaid.gov you'll see there, there's a whole thing about forgiveness cancellation you know everything you want to know about student loans is right there so read that and not and don't pay people for advice unless you really yeah. want to and you know and some and some companies will charge you an exorbitant fee to like basically like here's you know hand you the same paperwork that you can get for free and so yeah. i guess it's not exactly a scam but you don't need to pay for it yeah um, and it could also be a scam too <laughs> and it could also be a scam that's yeah. that's the big red flag for me or it could just be a company trying to uh, get you on the hook for a debt settlement program uh, which can then destroy your credit yeah. so Very well said uh, so you know be cautious move with caution yeah go to studentaid.gov um okay I'm afraid we are out of time, guys, but we are never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to tons of info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. Got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest? Hey, tell us. All you have to do is email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. 
That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. Takes you two seconds. Really helps us, though. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. I'm Stacey Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. And I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to see you right here next time. <laughs>